Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Ramshirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. Ramshirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ramshirts. Visit Ramshirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Listeners of this podcast, enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your order. Without further ado, today's guest from the Houston Astros, Taylor Jones. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. My guest today from the Houston Astros, Taylor Jones. Taylor, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Robert. Hey, so what positions are you playing Right now, I mean, I know with the Astros, you only play first, but I, I'm, I have you down first base and outfield. What else you been doing? Yeah, so uh, I started transitioning to the outfield um, in 2018 in AA. They kind of started putting me out there, trying to get some experience. Had some success out there, um, so they kind of slowly have been working me uh, more and more with that to get more comfortable. And then the following year in 2019 in AAA, they started – giving me a handful of games at third base. Um, so they just kind of wanted to see where else I could play other than first base. And um, I had some success there. So they kind of continue to work with me at those positions. And I know they want me to have more experience before I you know, start doing that at the big league level. But it is something that I'm keeping in the arsenal. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, you, you can play all those positions. You'll be very valuable to the team. And, and you're 6'7", right? Yeah, six seven. I, that just seems really tall to be playing third base for some reason. I don't know. It, that is yeah. tall, right? It is. Yeah, and actually, I think I had one of uh, the beat writers ask me if I knew the tallest third baseman because I had played a couple games at third during spring training, um, and I think he came back to me saying that six seven might be the tallest third baseman. So if I ever get in an MLB game during the regular season, I think I might be the tallest third baseman in history. Either that or tied for it. I can't remember what he what he said. Oh, okay. Well, they got to let you in in a blowout game or something, <laughs> right? Get get that record. I know, right? Gotta make some history. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to uh, Kentwood High School in uh, Covington, Washington. Played basketball and baseball, state champions, both sports. Yep. Uh, so then you go to Gonzaga, 2013. What what made you go to Gonzaga? They gave you a scholarship, or you just picked it, or how'd you go there? Yeah, they recruited me out of high school. Um, when I was going through the the recruiting process, I kind of had a list of um, requirements, I guess you could say, for what I was looking for in a school. Um, and it just seemed that Gonzaga hit 
quite a bit of those. I mean, other than the the tough weather that they have early in spring and during the wintertime with the snow and the cold, um, it pretty much hit just about everything. I, growing up, I always kept telling myself, oh, I'm going to go somewhere with, you know, where it's sunny all the time. I want to go somewhere in California or somewhere nice like that. And then I ended up choosing a place that was freezing cold at the beginning of the season. But other than that, it was just great school, um, great community, great program. I enjoyed the coaches. I, I enjoyed the staff. I enjoyed all the players that were there. Um, and it was just a good fit for me. Did you get any looks from colleges for basketball? Nothing serious. I, I committed so early um, in the high school process with baseball that it kind of um, didn't really give me a, a chance, I, I think, for eyes for basketball. Um, I really didn't develop as a great basketball player until later on in my high school years. Um, but I got some, you know, I talked to a handful of like junior colleges and stuff like that, but nothing where it was going to be more serious than the route with baseball. The first two seasons, I guess you must've pitched in high school. The first two seasons at Gonzaga, you, you pitched and you played, uh, some first base and other positions, but then in your junior year, you just switched, you, you quit pitching. What, what, would, what, what was that decision based on? Yeah, so uh, going into college, I was primarily a pitcher. And in high school, I was getting recruited mainly as a pitcher and um, had talks of, you know, possibly getting drafted out of high school as a pitcher. And so going in, I was, you know, into a, a pitcher's mindset. And I dealt with some arm issues and some shoulder problems and um, – wasn't really finding a whole lot of success. I, like you said, I pitched my first two years and my sophomore year, um, I had a pretty decent year on the mound and finishing that year, I just had some arm issues. And so I shut down pitching for a while. My arm really never came back. I really never had the, um, the desire really to come back as a pitcher after that. And so I kind of switched to really focusing all my time in, uh, as a position player and as a hitter. And then it kind of took off from there. And once I took off at the plate swinging the bat, I, I didn't really have any desire to go back onto the mound and um, just kind of made that transition as a position player full time. Yeah, your junior year, you hit 358 and you were all West Coast Conference team. So I think you might have, I think it was a blessing in disguise for you. I think it really was. And it's kind of funny. We look back and I even joke with my parents and all that about it, how, you know, I was so sad as, as being a pitcher and even going into Gonzaga, I, I wanted to be a, a PO, which is a pitcher only. And I wanted just to focus on that, but the coaching staff was uh, very adamant about me trying my hand at both and, and seeing what would happen. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I did because if I would have switched to just being a pitcher only, who knows what would have, what would have happened with my career. After your junior season, you're drafted by the Cubs in the 35th round, but you didn't sign with them. What made you decide to to not do that and go back to school? It was really about experience. Like I said, obviously, I was very uh, pitching-oriented and had very much a pitcher's mindset all the way through my career, and it really wasn't until my junior year of college where I really started thinking more as a hitter um, and as a position player. And so with just one year of success in college under my belt, I was kind of nervous about going into the pro realm. 
um, without really giving myself a chance to learn and really understand myself as a hitter and a position player. So I kind of wanted to put one more year under my belt before I made that happen. Um, and it's kind of a tough choice because, you know, getting drafted as a junior and getting drafted as a senior is very different. Um, but I'm glad with the decision I made and um, I'm glad that I got one more year of college under my belt before I took on the professional level. Yeah, you moved up. I don't I can't do the math in my head, but you went from the 35th round to the 19th round. And luckily mm -hmm. for us, you went to the Astros 2016 yep. draft. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another blessing. Um, you know, the Astros have really done a good job of developing players and they're ahead of their time when it comes to the analytics and using that to develop players. And I, I think I got put in the right spot in the right organization when it comes to furthering my abilities, because I was a good college hitter. Uh, but I think through some of the things that I learned at the pro level with the Astros, I really started to develop into, you know, a good professional hitter. Tell me about draft day when you found out you got drafted. I guess it wasn't that big of a deal because you'd already got drafted the year before, or was it still exciting? Yeah, it's, it's always still exciting. Obviously, it's, you know, the first step in the next step of your career. And so um, it was exciting. Obviously, we were sitting down with the family, um, watching the draft as it was going on. It was actually kind of funny because I missed my name when it was called. Um, <laughs> I forget what how or, or what i was doing that i missed it we were all sitting there and uh, my parents their ears kind of perked up and like looked at me and i guess i was talking to somebody or something and they're just like your name just got called you just got drafted uh, <laughs> and so it was kind of it's kind of funny because i kind of missed it I didn't even hear my name called but um i did see it and uh, it was exciting obviously it's you know, a ton of emotions going through. You've been working so hard to get to a point where you can get a chance to play professional baseball. Um, so it was a good celebratory moment with me and my family. Yeah, they draft you, sign you, and they ship you off to that uh, that short, what is that, that short league, short season or whatever in Tri-City? Yeah, short season, A-ball, yep, and uh, the Penn League in uh, Tri-City, New York. And this will become a trend during this podcast but you were a new york Penn league all-star yeah um <laughs> i was lucky lucky enough to make the all-star team i think i just kind of snuck in to be honest um i was having a pretty pretty solid year my numbers weren't uh anything super spectacular but i know i did have a decent amount of home runs and um, i think i had a decent slugging percentage so i think i kind of um snuck in there kind of as an alternate um and had a you know pretty pretty good start to short season um and i, I learned a lot that was the main thing was kind of getting your feet wet in the pro the pro arena like the pro realm and understanding the how the game changes from the college level to that level and so um, i was pleased with that year do you remember your first at bat when you went up there yeah first pro at bat um if if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a jam ground jammed ground ball to the shortstop. Um, <laughs> and it was a little disappointing. And so I think later that game, I ended up hitting a, a double and a grand slam just to kind of make up for it. But, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I jammed and I, I told myself that was the one thing I didn't want to happen and it happened. So then I had to go make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I so the next year, Quad City and Blues Creek, that's like A and high A, right? 
Yeah. Yep. And and then 2018 went to Corpus, where you were a Texas League All Star, keeping the trend going. I, you spent most of the season there, and then you got moved up to Fresno. If if you can remember when you got promoted up to Fresno, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I mean that was. Uh, kind of a unique situation as well. It was right after the All-Star game. Um, I think the day after the All-Star game, I was headed back to, I think we were on the road in Arkansas or something like that. So we were headed, all the All-Star players were headed back to meet up with our team. Um, and as soon as I got to the hotel with the AA team, they'd called me and said, hey, you're going to, we're going to send you up to AAA. So um, it was kind of a quick transition. Got done playing the All-Star game traveled back to the double a team and then was told right away i was going back or going up to triple a um so it all kind of happened pretty quickly 2019 round rock express 291 average 22 homers 84 rbis once again uh all-star so you were all-star in like every league you were in yeah um actually i i don't know if i was actually an all-star in round rock. I think I was close to making the all-star team. I actually didn't get uh, selected as an all-star. Um, but I did, you know, I had another good year. It was one of those years where I was, you know, I finally put some of the things that I learned in 2018 together and some of the, you know, failures that I had later on in AAA when I got moved up to Fresno. Um, I kind of put those together and I ended up, you know, kind of having a full complete season, which was, what I was looking for, you know, I was kind of looking for some more consistency in my game. Um, and I started off really hot in 2019 and kind of struggled for a little bit, but then got hot again and finished pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, the 18 and 19, you had 80 and 84 RBIs, which is pretty good for minor league. Cause you guys only play like 120 games, right? 123 or so. Yeah. I think that's how many games I ended up playing. We total, I think we play hundred uh, 40 games but i think the end of it i think i had probably 120 games myself all right so let's move on to 2020 covid season you're at spring training right ready to go pumped up people start buying all the toilet paper and then they just tell you that's it right go home yeah it was a weird situation so we uh right in the middle of spring training um we started obviously hearing some of the murmurs about covid and you know how it was getting spread around and then i think the night that uh the nba kind of shut down i think guys started figuring out pretty quickly that oh i think i think spring training is going to be in jeopardy um the next night they let us know what was going on they said they were going to send us home for a little bit and then try to get us back pretty quickly and, and resume spring training but obviously um, it turned into something a lot more serious than was anticipated. And we ended up, you know, being stuck at home for was it two or three months before we could start up a, a summer spring training. So when y'all actually started back up, you went, you did it at Minute Maid Park, right? Yeah, we were in, in Houston. So we had uh, the team at Minute Maid. And then we also had some of the reserve guys would bounce back and forth between Minute Maid and uh, University of Houston. Oh, yeah. So you, you ended up being in the uh, I can't, I'm trying to think of the word for that, the alternative training site. Yeah. Right. Yep. When when the season yep. started. Yeah. But 
But on July 25th, you know, you're there training and they come up and tell you something, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we had just broken uh, summer camp um, and we were, you know, initially I was just headed to the alternative site, actually. Um, I was going to Corpus Christi. We had just gotten into town. Um, the Astros had, I think, just gotten done playing their first game, and uh, Diaz had gotten hurt. And so that night, before we'd even started the alternate site camp, I got the call-up to go to Houston. And did you expect to start the first game you, you got called up? Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was preparing. I was preparing for that, you know, just in case it did happen. Uh, when I had first gotten there, the actually the first day I got there um, was right before the game, um, so I didn't play in that game at all. Uh, but then I, you know, I was in the lineup the next day, and uh, it was like I said, it, it all happens fast, and in baseball. You know, things happen, and all of a sudden you're you're at the next level. You're in the lineup. You're playing, and um, so it happened quick. But it was something that was obviously very exciting. Who was the first person you called and told? First call was my wife. Um, <laughs> had to call her first, and then obviously the parents. And got on the phone with them, and it was really late at night. Actually, when I got told, I think it was about midnight or so. Um, so I kind of had to wake everybody up, but, uh, yeah, especially they didn't mind. Yeah. They didn't mind at all. Obviously <laughs> we're, my family's from Seattle and then my wife was in Vegas. Um, so everybody's, I think a two hour difference. They're two hours behind. And so it was really late for them, but I don't think they mind. Like you said. So your first, uh, you played first base. Tell us about your first game. Like, how'd that feel? Like, you, I mean, it, it had to be kind of weird that there wasn't any fans, like, making your mo most guys, you know, they make their debut and their family gets to go and they interview them on TV and all this stuff. But you, you had to yeah. open up in an empty stadium. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a little bit bittersweet. Obviously, you know, you work so hard to get to the big leagues, and that's always the ultimate goal. Um, and when you envision that you have all your friends and family, there celebrating with you and obviously with the COVID couldn't have that happen. So, um, it was tough from that standpoint, not having them be able to come and enjoy that moment with me. Uh, but it was exciting nonetheless. And of course it would have been great just to even have, you know, the stadium full that you kind of miss out on that aspect a little bit too. Um, you got the adrenaline going obviously because it's the first big league game, but you kind of. You know, you wish you had the crowd there just to kind of, you know, amp up that excitement and um, really make it feel like a big league experience. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was great. It was obviously really cool being in, on the field with those guys and um, getting to compete against the best players in the world. Okay, we skip to August 19th is when you got your first major league hit, right? And you went two for five in that game? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, was, was, oh, yeah, oh no! I, I was just gonna say, uh, it just if you can remember, talk talk a little bit about your at bat, and then uh, I was also curious. I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, it was easy to do because no fans, but were you able to get that ball? Yeah, so I was able to get the ball, which was awesome. Um, that and my first home run ball because there was no fans. 
um, you know, the bullpen guys just ran out there and grabbed it, which was awesome because I don't think that really gets to happen too much um, with a first homer. But, yeah, in Colorado, first hit uh, was just trying to hit the ball hard. I think I had a runner on third uh, with less than two outs. I was just trying to hit a ball hard and uh, make something happen. And, um, yeah, it was, it was another surreal moment. You know, got the pitch that I was looking for and, and hit it. And um, I couldn't even tell you what happened after. I think around the first base smiling <laughs> and cheesing. But I, I almost pretty much blacked out. I was so excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I, I, so your first hit, there was a guy on third, so you got your first RBI out of the way too, I guess. Yep. Yeah. First hit and first RBI. Yeah. Okay. So my next one was about the, uh, home run ball, but you answered that already. That's all good. Uh, yeah. Like I was super lucky because no fans, um, had guys able to track it down, which I don't think normally can happen when you got fans out there fighting for it. Yeah, I think normally they might send people up there to try to, like, give them a baseball bat or something to try to get that ball for you. Right. Yeah, but there's never any promises. All right, so let's go to this. Are you excited about the season starting? I mean, I haven't heard anything that it's going to start late. I mean, you guys, I, I think the pitchers go in middle of February, but most of y'all just go anyway, right? Yeah, so – as of now, um, we've just heard that everything's going to you know, start as normal, have normal spring training, have a normal season. Um, I know there's probably some talks about whether they're going to have to delay or adjust the schedule or whatever, but we really haven't heard anything about that. So we're just preparing for a normal spring training start and then a normal season. And uh, I think, like you said, kind of the middle end of February is when um, spring training is set to go. I think the 22nd. Um, but yeah, we're preparing for a normal, normal start. So more than likely, likely you're going to start in triple a this year. I, I think, mm -hmm. I mean, looking at the roster and you're going to be in Sugarland. Have you heard any word that there's going to be, I mean, I think all the teams bought all the minor league teams now. So I think there's going to be a season, right? You think that, what have you heard about yeah. that? Yeah, I really haven't heard much about that either. Um, I know that they're really trying to make sure that they have at the very least a, a triple A and double A season. Um, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how they're preparing for it, but I know they're working really hard for that. Um, as far as Sugarland, excited to be a little closer to Houston. That should be pretty cool. Um, I don't really know much about the park or really the area, but um, I'm sure with the Astros, you know, being the owners of that, they're going to make that a, a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, so, someone, I talked to someone recently, they said it was really nice. Uh, but oh, nice. you, where were you in uh, Fresno to Round Rock? Which one of those places did you like better as far as like the weather and the field and all that? Yeah, I mean, I really love Round Rock. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I spent a whole year there compared to, you know, just about a month in Fresno. Um, but I liked, obviously they have a great stadium, great facilities. Um, they got a great, f uh, fan base, a lot of good fans there. And obviously, cause it's in Texas, it's, um, you have a little bit more of an Astro fan base there. Whereas in Fresno, maybe not so much. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoyed it in Round Rock and I, I liked it in Fresno too. Um, not to knock them or anything like that. Just Round Rock did a really good job. 
I, I'm not sure about this, but I know Houston has a retractable roof for a reason. And if, if Sugarland is super close to there, I, I'm just curious if how the weather is there. I don't, I don't know how humid it is. I guess you can tell us when you can start yeah, playing there. Uh, yeah, during the summer, it gets pretty hot, pretty humid. Um, running through the system with Corpus Christi and Round Rock la uh, last couple years. Um, obviously, you, you kind of start get used to the the hot Texas weather during the summer, um, which isn't always easy to play in. It gets pretty hot, it gets pretty humid. You have to learn how to maintain your body and hydrate, and make sure you're eating the right things so that you don't get burnt out on the field. But um, I would imagine that you know it's your stereotypical Texas weather in, in Sugarland. Um, I know Corpus Christi was tough because it was so humid because <laughs> you're, you're close to the water. Um, yeah, and that. So that's a tough one, but Round Rock got hot, and I'm I'm expecting Sugarland to be hot and, and just the same. But you know we've we've uh, had to experience those two places prior, so I'm sure we're prepared for it. Yeah, I went to uh, Corpus for my first time in the end of 2019, but I, I went to a day game and it was super hot. And I said, I'm if I come here again, it's going to be dark because it is too hot. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know how you guys play in that weather. It was hot. And we're just no, sitting there. Yeah, no, it, it's tough out on that field when it's when it's hot like that. Luckily, they usually only keep day games to like the first half or first couple of months because they realize like once you start getting late into the summer, there's no way you could do day games. But um, yeah, it gets it gets pretty hot down there. And I I lost quite a bit of uh, sweat while I was down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are going to be like we said in triple a but the good thing about it is you're it seems like you're going to be first in line if it i mean you got yuli guriel's 36 you know he he could get injured i think diaz gets injured every year <laughs> I, I believe he does i mean i think he's missed almost half the games that he's been here so i, I know you're going to get a chance and i'm pretty excited about seeing you get another chance uh, this season so that's pretty exciting you know at least you're not like buried down in the you know what I mean yeah yeah no I'm excited for the opportunity obviously during the springtime I'm going to come out and compete like I'm competing for a spot on the roster um, I obviously know there's guys ahead of me and when I get my opportunity my plans are to be ready and um, hopefully make a big impact when I do get the opportunity to get called up okay let me ask you this I'm always curious about this because I don't know what, what connections you have inside the, uh, you know, but I'll get to it. How would you feel if you got traded? Um, like if they came up and said, we traded you. Yeah, obviously that's just, that's part of, that's part of the business, right? I mean, once you get up to these, to the professional level, um, it's a business and they're making business moves and, you don't always have say in, in some of the moves that happen and, and what happens to your career, but you, you know, you just got to play with what you have. And sometimes getting traded is a, you know, a positive opportunity for you. Um, it just means that you're going to a team that values you and, and see some potential in you and they want you on their team to help make their team better. So I know it's tough for guys, obviously, especially when it's the first time getting traded or you're, you've been moving up through the system with a team and you make it to the big league level, um, and then you have to switch organizations. I know that can be tough on guys, but at the end of the day, it's it's a business, and we're here 
to play the game and help whatever team we're on win. Obviously, you know, for me, I've gone up through with the Astros and have debuted with the Astros. So, you know, I want to be Astro as long as I can because that's that's home for me. Um, but that's just part of the business, and we know that going in. And it's a tough part, especially when you start losing, you know, teammates that you've built good connections with or uh, staff members that you've made good connections with. But like I said, it's just part of the part of the job title. Yeah, I guess to make room on the 40-man roster, the I don't know if you know this, but the Astros traded Sionel Perez today for a, uh, for a catcher. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's, it's just kind of how it goes. Um, and as a player, you just have to know that if you get traded, it just means that another team values you and hopes that right. you're going to come and help their team. So that's that's all you could really do with it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Also, maybe, you know, they're, they're, we always have really good guys at the AAA level that are blocked. You know, you got Altuve and Bregman and Correa yeah. and, you know, all these guys. And, you know, they, maybe they get traded to a team that they can go play in major leagues, you know. So it could be a yeah. good thing. I, I was just wondering, you know, if you're, if you're kind of attached to the team. And, and it kind of sounds like you are, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, especially going through the system, you develop, you know, a relationship with that organization. And so, obviously, you know, that's the team you're playing for. That's the team you're working hard to help make better. Um, but at the end of the day, if you get traded or released or what have you, um, you kind of got to cut ties and be prepared to have those same type of feelings for the next team that comes along. All right, Taylor, that's all I got, man. I don't want to take any more of your time, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it, Robert. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and thanks, uh, Taylor, once again, and we'll see you next time on Astros. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.